You're listening to Cultivate Curiosity, a podcast that inspires the next generation to stay curious. Cultivate Curiosity is brought to you by the Emerald Coast Science Center, a nonprofit interactive science museum and STEAM educational facility in Fort Long Beach, Florida. This podcast is perfect for anyone curious about the world we live in because you never know what we'll talk about next. Hi, my name is Diane and I'm the director at the Emerald Coast Science Center. Hi, my name's Harley and I am the community affairs coordinator and educator here at the Science Center. And hi, my name is JC, and I'm the social media coordinator here at the Science Center. And today we're going to be talking about a brief history of coding. So this week, September 14th through 20th, is National Coding Week, a week intended to help adults improve their digital literacy to fill the growing skills gap in the country. But what is coding and where did it begin? Coding is the process of using a programming language to get a computer to behave the way we want it to. Every line of code tells our machines to do something. A document full of lines is called a script, which is designed to carry out a specific job on the computer. The history of programming languages spans from documentation of early mechanical computers to modern tools for software development. Early programming languages were highly specialized, relying on mathematical notation and similarly obscure syntax. Throughout the 20th century, research in compiler theory led to the creation of high-level programming languages, which use a more accessible syntax to communicate instructions. So I'd like to introduce you to Charles Babbage, who we also have a snake at the Science Center named Babbage. My favorite. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and it, of course, he's named after Charles Babbage. So let's get, get into who Charles Babbage is. He was an English mathematician, considered by some to be the father of computers. He invented the first mechanical computer, the difference engine, and eventually led to more complex electronic designs, though all the essential ideas of modern computers are to be found in Babbage's analytical engine. Programmed to use a principle openly borrowed from the Jacquard loom. So if you remember, Jacquard loom is how they would design tapestries and create fabrics. He passed away before the complete successful engineering of many of his designs, including his difference engine and his analytical engine, but remains a prominent figure in the ideating of computing. And I don't know if you guys are too young, but there used to be a store in Santa Rosa Mall that was called Babbage's, and Babbage's was a computer store, so you could go there and buy like DVDs and computer games for your you know, Nintendos or whatever. So it's been a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. I think Um, the only thing like that is FYE now. Okay, so that yeah. Babbage was like probably the <laughs> early version of like the game GameStop. GameStop. Yes, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. and it and it, and we did have a Babbage's here in the mall, if I remember correctly. Cool. That's a cuter name than GameStop. Yeah, but I guess Babbage's. it's it's clearer. Yeah. Well, I think that it was just to honor Charles Babbage. So, and his contemporary and colleague was Ada Lovelace, and we also have a snake named Lovelace here. Babbage is a corn snake. Lovelace is a rat snake. But Ada Lovelace was an English mathematician and writer who introduced many computer concepts during the 1840s and is generally considered the first computer programmer. Between 1842 and 1843, Ada translated an article by the military engineer Luigi Menabrea about the analytical engine, supplementing it with an elaborate set of seven notes, simply called notes. Ada's notes are important in the early history of computers, especially since the seventh contained what many consider to be the first computer program, that is, an algorithm designed to be carried out by a machine. She also devised 
a vision of the capability of computers to go beyond mere calculating or number crunching, while many others, including Charles Babbage, focused only on those capabilities. Her mindset of poetical science led her to ask questions about the analytical engine examining how individuals and society relate to technology as a collaborative tool. She predicted that one day the theoretical computer would be able to play music as well as chess, which did come true. The programming language Ada is honorably named after her. A hundred years later, (laughs) in the 1940s, the first recognizably modern electrically powered computers were created. The limited speed and memory capability forced programmers to write hand-tuned assembly language programs. It was eventually realized that the programming in assembly language required a great deal of intellectual effort. An early proposal for a high-level programming language was called Plankakul, developed by Guy Conrad Zitzus for his Z1 computer between 1942 and 45, but it was not implemented at the time. The first functioning programming language designed to communicate instructions to a computer was written in the early 1950s. John Mauchi's shortcode, proposed in 1949, was one of the first high-level languages ever developed for an electronic computer. Unlike machine code, shortcode statements represented mathematical expressions in understandable form. However, the program had to be interpreted into machine code every time it ran, making the process much slower than running the equivalent machine code. So now we are in 1954, and the company Hollerith formed what would one day evolve into international business machines, the IBM. IBM gave birth to the first-ever high-level programming language when a team led by John Backus invented Fortran, which is formula translation. Fortran was originally developed for scientific and engineering programs. When it was introduced, it was viewed with skepticism due to bugs, delays in development, and the comparative efficiency of hand-coded programs written in assembly. However, in a hardware market that was rapidly evolving, the language eventually became known for its efficiency. It is still used to this day. This programming language gave way to many of the higher-level once-modern programmers used now, such as HTML and C++. Another early programming language was devised by Grace Hopper in the U.S. named Flowmatic. It was developed for the UNIVAC-1 at Remington Rand during the period from 1955 until 1959. Hopper found that business data processing customers were uncomfortable with mathematical notation, and in early 1955, she and her team wrote a specification for an English language programming language and implemented a prototype. The Flowmatic compiler became publicly available in early 1958 and was substantially complete in 1959. Flowmatic was a major influence in the design of COBOL, since only it and its direct descendant, Amico, were in use at the time. The period from the late 1960s to the late 1970s brought a major flowering of programming languages. There's tons of languages as well, so this is just a few of them. Most of the major languages paradigms now in use were invented in this period. This includes Speakeasy, Simula, Forth, C, which is the best one, so I hear, Smalltalk, Prologue, and ML. This time period also saw the considerable debate over the merits of structured programming, which essentially meant programming with the use of Gato. A significant fraction of programmers believed that even in languages that provided Gato, it is a bad programming style to use except in rare circumstances. Now we're in the 1980s, and the 1980s were years of relative consolidation in imperative languages. Rather than inventing new paradigms, all of these movements elaborated upon the ideas invented in the previous decade. 
C++ combines object-oriented and systems programming. The U.S. government standardized ADA, a systems programming language intended to be used by defense contractors. One important new trend in language design was an increased focus on programming for large-scale systems through the use of modules or large-scale organizational units of code. This time period also brought advances in programming language implementation. The Reduce Instruction Set Computer, or RISC, or RISC, movement in computer architecture postulated that hardware should be designed for compilers rather than for human assembly programs. Aided by Central Processing Unit, or CPU, speed improvements that enabled increasingly aggressive compiling methods. The RISC movement sparked greater interest in compiler technology for high-level languages. And then the internet happened. So the rapid growth of the internet in the mid-1990s was the next major historical event in programming languages. By opening up a radically new platform for computer systems, the internet created an opportunity for new languages to be adopted. In particular, the JavaScript programming language rose to popularity because of its early integration with Netscape Navigator web browser. Various other scripting languages achieved widespread use in developing customized applications for web servers such as PHP. This era began the spread of functional languages. Many rapid application development, or RAD, languages emerged, which usually came with an integrated development environment, or IDE, a garbage collection, and were descendants of older languages. Programming language of evolution continues, both in the industry and in research. Some of these recent trends include component-oriented software development, integration with databases, open source as a developmental philosophy for languages, more interest in visual programming languages, and more. Now, coding is a language that is increasingly important for young people and adults to understand in the globalized world. It can be an intimidating project, which means National Coding Week is the time to help people understand coding and its importance. If you want to learn more about coding, we highly recommend checking out Code Academy. Since 2011, they have offered free online coding courses you can take to unlock your coding skills. You can visit www.codeacademy.com to learn more. Okay, so I'm going to show my age right now. (laughs) I remember as a little kid, my dad worked at a bank and he did the IT for the bank. So this would have been early 70s (laughs) when my dad had one of the first really big IBM computers. These were great big, huge mainframe computers. They took a whole entire room. So my dad would work during the day and he'd come home at night and have dinner. And then he'd grab me and take me back up to the bank with him so that he could run the punch cards. (laughs) through the computer and her name was Big Bertha that's what they called her she had the whole room to herself it was crazy cold in there and and now even still rooms that maintain big computers do have to be kept very very cool so the computers don't overheat but I can remember as a little kid watching those punch cards just flying through the sorters and then every so often it would might spit one out and then my dad would always give us the old used punch cards and we would come home and we would color on them and do arts and crafts with the old punch cards but I can remember those days so it has come a really long way and speaking of punch cards we have in our gift shop a series of jewelry that is based on women in science and there's the Ada Lovelace one is actually little silver punch card mm-hmm. earrings these are so cute mm-hmm. I wore them before and I was in like Harbor Freight or something and they're like oh your earrings are really cute and I'm like hang on I got a story that goes <laughs> with these and I had to go in the whole thing about punch cards and Ada Lovelace and and all of this other stuff and I'm, I'm sure they're going 
Uh, okay. What's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. But no, they, it, it was really sweet because they're like, that's great. I love that there's a story that goes with the earrings mm-hmm. as well. So I did want to also bring up that right now the Congressional App Challenge is open. And this is where if your congressman and our congressman here in our area has opted to participate in this program, that it is a challenge for students that they can create an app and then they can win prizes and stuff. So if you are interested interested in it, you have to submit your app anytime before November 1st. And the website is congressionalappchallenge.us. And we'll link it so that way. Okay, yeah, great. So, um, And I'm sure it you could probably, if you're not in this area, type in that same website and, and see, see if it's in, if your, it's in area. your area as yeah. well. Yeah, if you're congressman. So it's, it's available to anyone. It's like the House of Representatives are the ones that put this on. So... That is really cool, I think. Any other thoughts on coding? (laughs) (laughs) Let me go code right now. (laughs) Well, this one was a little bit short, but we just wanted to briefly touch on the topic of coding for National Coding Week. So we will see you guys in two weeks. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cultivate Curiosity. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at socialmedia at ecscience.org. Tune in for our next episode in two weeks.